Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. To come to Liberty Baptist Church. This is the second service I've ever been uh, here at the church. I, I came a couple years ago, I think maybe it was 2020 or so, with my dad for a missions conference, and we were just attending. My dad was preaching in the Spanish um, services for that year. And um, if, if I may, I just want to brag a little bit about your church. It was awesome. I, I, I enjoyed all of it. Yeah, you can clap. That's great. I, why not? I mean, the church was awesome. Why would you not want to clap? It was, it was a, lot, a lot of fun. Um, y'all were so friendly. Uh, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't know us, obviously, from, uh, you know, uh, from anywhere, and yet uh, y'all were so loving. You were shaking hands, and uh, a few people gave me hugs. I, I met some uh, Filipino families, and uh, y'all gave me lumpia and pancet, and uh, my wife is Filipino, so I, I really like that food. It was really good. And I just enjoyed my time. Every service that night uh, or th- that week, um, I, think it, I think we were here for three services or maybe four, and um, I, I don't think I left one service without crying. I mean, every, every service, just what y'all shared, what y'all did, uh, there was something just really different about your church. And um, I, I just remember leaving thinking, that church is awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if I ever had an opportunity to speak there? I, I think, I, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be too excited. I, I don't even know if I could get through it. And, uh, and then um, earlier this year, Pastor Matt um, called me and said, hey, were you available in July? I would love to have you. And right away I said, yes, I, I've been looking forward for now maybe three, four months or so, uh, being here with you. And uh, I'm so excited that finally we're here. And, um, and this time my, my wife was able to travel with me. We've got three children, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an 18-month-old. And uh, we, as terrible parents, just left them with the grandparents and um, said, we'll be back. They live in San Diego. And uh, so we flew into San Diego on Monday and enjoyed 4th of July there yesterday, and then flew out here this morning, and uh, just been excited. I, I love your pastor, Pastor Tice, Pastor Dave Tice. Um, he's, he was awesome. He went uh, with us uh, in, in our church and preached a family conference, and he was so encouraging. Y- y'all guys have an amazing pastor, not just an amazing church, you have an amazing pastor and pastoral family. Um, I, I think the first one that I met of the pastoral family was Josh, and uh, Matt told me that was the worst one to start with. Um, but we had a great time getting to know uh, Pastor Josh, and, uh, and then we met Pastor Dave, and last, we met uh, Pastor Matt, and he's become one of my closest friends. Um, he's, he's been someone that, when things are, are going rough, I've been able to call and just said, Matt... I'm having one of those weeks, man, and can you just pray with me on the phone? And, uh, you know, he didn't criticize me. He didn't make fun of me. He just, he just said, yeah, and, and, and we prayed together. And, man, he's just been an encouragement to me. And, uh, and then uh, today I got to 
get to know a little bit better uh, Neil and, uh, and his wife Charity and their family. And uh, they've been such a, an, an amazing host uh, today with us. And um, what else can I say? I just love being here. Um, I love Wednesday night services. Um, I, I took over as the pastor, as, as Pastor Neil was saying, uh, about a year and a half ago at our church. Um, and I, was, I, I tell our people, I love Wednesday night services more than Sunday services. And I'll tell you why. I love Wednesday night because you're here because you'll want to be here. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that on Sundays, like, people just come because they just have to come. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people on Sunday that want to be here. But on Wednesday, you've got to make an extra effort. You're tired. You're coming off work. Um, who knows how your work week has been? Uh, when when uh, teens are in school, you're, you might have had a long school day, or even in the summer, just a long, hot summer day. And the easiest thing to do on Wednesdays is just stay home. And, um, and the hardest thing to do sometimes on Wednesdays is to come to a service. And, uh, and I just love that on, this, on, on, on these days, on Wednesday nights, you know, we're here because we want to be here. And there's something different at church when you're in a service and you want to be here. You get more out of it. The singing sounds better. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly all that makes it that way, but Wednesday is definitely my crowd. It's, it's my kind of service. I just, I like it. It's a little more laid back. And, um, and, and we just, we get to encourage one another. And um, there, there just seems to be more love on a Wednesday night service. And, and once again, I'm not saying Sunday night or Sunday services are, are not that way, but there's just something about a Wednesday night service. And uh, so excited uh, that you've taken the time. And, uh, and I think they even started promoting uh, this month of conferences and speakers. And so I'm very humbled that even seeing my name, not knowing me, you still came uh, on a Wednesday night. You chanced it instead of, uh, instead of taking a, an early night and, uh, and getting in bed early. Uh, you came, and I'm so, so thankful and, and humbled by your presence this evening. If you have your Bibles, iPhones, iPads, whatever it is that you do or use to access the Word of God, open to Judges chapter number 8. Judges chapter number 8. I told Pastor Neil and I told my wife, I'm going to preach really short tonight. It's Wednesday, I'm going to be short, and my wife told me, don't ever say that. Every time I say that at church, I go long, all right? So I'm sorry I've jinxed us tonight, but really, I'm going to try to be short. It's not a really long message, but I think it's something that will help us tonight. I hope I can encourage you with the message. And so we'll be studying in Judges chapter number 8. We're going to read from verse number 1 down to verse number 12. Judges chapter 8, and just to fill you in quickly, chapter 8 is after the battle of, of Gideon using his 300 men and fighting the, the Midianite army that had 135 soldier, 135,000 soldiers in their army. And uh, chapter 6 and chapter 7 are probably more well known. If you grew up in church, you know the story. You know how God called Gideon when he was hiding and, and threshing the wheat. And, and God called him to, uh, to liberate the, uh, the, Israel, the nation of Israel. And, and he followed God's calling and God said you're just going to have a lamp and a pitcher and 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 a sword and and that's that's all you've got and that's what you're going to use and and the trumpet I mean and you're going to you're going to blow the trumpet you're going to break the pitcher and you're going to raise the fire and and um, that's the that's the plan 
And uh, if, if you remember, uh, the Israelite army started with 10,000 soldiers, and uh, God dwindled them down to 300. And it's at the end of chapter 7 that you hear about that victory, and it's, it's an amazing, uh, amazing story, amazing thing that God did. But when you get to chapter 8, the story's not over. And that's what I want to focus on this evening is on chapter 8. Notice what it says. It says, And the men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not, when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? And they did chide with him sharply. And he said unto them, What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? God hath delivered into your hands the princes of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison of you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Succoth, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand that we should give bread unto thine army? Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then I will tell your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise, and the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. Tower. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor, and their hosts with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of the hosts of the children of the east. For there fell 120,000 men that drew swords. Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Noba and Jogba, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zalmunna fled, he pursued after them, and he took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmunna, and discomfited all the hosts. Let's pray. Father, as, as we jump into your word, we want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being a God that loves us and cares for us. Thank you for being a God that has brought us here safely here to your house. I pray that as we study your word tonight, that you would give us uh, the, the strength and the energy to, to stay connected to your word. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. As I speak tonight, that what is heard is not simply my voice, but your voice. What is seen tonight in your word is you and you alone. Well, I pray that you would use this passage to speak to our hearts tonight. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Christian life is a life of endurance. It is a life where you must not quit, but continue to the end. The Christian life is all about enduring. I'm sure you've heard the story of the farmer that had his donkey, and he was walking uh, through a field with the donkey, and the donkey kind of wandered off, and without really seeing the, the dried-up well that was in front of him, the, the donkey uh, slipped in and fell in the well. And when he started, you know, hee-hawing and making noise, the, the farmer turned around and realized that the donkey had wandered off and fallen into that, that abandoned well, and, and he said, well, I, I got to do something, I got to get him out. And so he went and, 
He did everything he could. He tried to uh, get him out with a rope, and he couldn't. It was too heavy, and, and he, was, he was trying to think of ways to try to get the donkey out, and at the end, he just couldn't. So finally, after trying for so long, he said, you know what? This isn't worth it. The donkey's already really old. Um, you know, the best thing is to do, just let him die in that hole. In fact, we're just going to bury him and get it over with. And so he went and got some neighbors, and he said, hey, if y'all could just bring your shovels. You know, I was trying to get my donkey out of this uh, dried-up well, and I can't get it. And, you know, the best thing is to just leave him there, let him die, and, and let's just move on. And so they brought their shovels, and, and they began shoveling dirt to, to cover that well and to bury that donkey. And at first, the donkey was screaming and, and yelling, and, and suddenly it began to dawn on him what they were doing. And... Um, and the donkey, trying to think of what to do, seeing that shovels of dirt were going into the place where he was at, he, he began to just shake it off, that was, all the dirt that was landing on his back. He would just shake it off. And then, not only would he shake it off, he began to stand on that dirt. And as the farmers were shoveling more dirt, he had to shake more off and then just stand on it until the point where it was high enough where he could just get out of that hole. You know, the Christian life is a lot like that. There's a lot in the Christian life that you just got to shake off. There are times in your walk with God where you don't want to continue, where you don't want to keep going, where church isn't as fun as it used to be, where, where everything seems to have changed. And it's in those times that as a Christian, you have to decide, I'm going to keep going. I, I, I'm going to endure. Here in chapter 8, Gideon is taking those 300 men that were just in battle the night before. He takes them to continue the fight. Now, the night before had been an amazing victory. 120,000 soldiers of the opposing army had died. Now, if I were in Gideon's army, I would have thought, that's enough. I mean, seriously, Gideon, there's 300 of us. <laughs> We killed 120,000 of them. I think they're on their way out. They're running away. Let them go. We're done. We won. Yet Gideon wasn't satisfied with that. Gideon understood that God had, had called him to defeat totally the Midianite army. Not just have a, a one big battle victory. No, he had called him to, to win the war. And so now in chapter 8, we read the story of him taking those 300 men and now going after those 15,000 soldiers that were left. We find that they're having to make a decision in their life to endure. As I've already mentioned, I love Wednesdays because Wednesdays sometimes are decisions to just endure. Not just endure somebody that's speaking that you don't know and you're like, I just got to stay awake as much as I can. But I mean endure of just coming to church. And saying, God, speak to me. Uh, I, I, I want to be here. I, I want to hear from you. Wednesday nights can sometimes be that kind of decision. Now the question comes, how do you do that consistently in your life? As, as a Christian, how, how do we endure? Well, I believe there are some lessons here in Judges 8 that, that teach us how to endure in the Christian life. That teach us how to move on when you don't want to. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice 
the first lesson that we find, and that is that you, if you're going to endure, you're going to have to continue and endure through criticism. Through criticism. You know, as you jump into the story in verse number one, people are criticizing Gideon for what he's done. Now, now it's crazy because you think that they would be happy that the army that was, you know, enslaving them and that was torturing them and that was taking over their homes was out of their country, but they're not. They're complaining and they're criticizing him for what he did. They weren't happy that he had uh, had this great victory with those 300 men. They weren't happy about what God was doing with them. So they began to criticize him for what he had uh, done. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, God's going to call you and empower you to do something, and not everybody's going to like it. If you, if you read, you'll find that the people that were criticizing him were his own people, the Israelites. It wasn't like the Midianites or the Amorites. It was the Israelites. And they're criticizing what he did. You know what you'll find many times in the Christian life where you're going to have to choose to endure in criticism is people even within your own church, maybe within your own family, criticizing what you've done. Criticizing what God has done through you. What God is doing in you. Can I say, when you, when you come to a point in your life where there's criticism coming your way for what you're doing for God, just continue. Just keep moving forward. For many people, that's, that's a call to quit. Criticism is a reason why I don't need to keep going to that church. It's a, it's a reason why I don't need to get around those people. And, and can I say, listen, if, if God allows criticism to come into your life, just understand that's, that's a time where I need to choose to endure, to go forward. They criticized him for, for what he did in verse number one. But if you read in verse number two, then they criticized him for what he didn't do. They're like, why didn't you call us? Hey, you, you were going to the battle, and, and I mean, you're facing an army of 120,000 or 135,000, and you didn't want to call us? I mean, wh- where are you? Wh- why, didn't you? why didn't you call us? It's interesting. There are people that will criticize you for what you're doing for God, and then there's people that will criticize you for what you're not doing for God. It's like you don't win. That, that's why it's so important to make the decision, I'm just going to endure. I'm just going to move forward. Because listen, if you don't and you stop, you're going to get criticized. And if you do and you move forward, you're going to get criticized. The secret is just keep moving forward. We find that Gideon endured through criticism. Criticism of what he had done and criticism of what he hadn't done. And I wish I could tell you this evening that it's only People like Gideon, they get that. It's only the leaders that get criticized, but if you've been in church long enough, you, you, you know it's, it's not just the pastor. The Sunday school teacher does too. So does the usher, right? He didn't give me the bulletin. We all get criticized, leaders or not. What, what, what do we do when that happens? You endure. You go, you go forward. Listen, even, even the most holy, godly persons get criticized. You know, I, I can't think of a, of a man that did more for God in the New Testament than the Apostle Paul. 
If you notice in your notes, I put 1 Corinthians chapter 9. What was Paul writing to the Corinthians about? About the criticism he's taken. One thing you have to admire about the Apostle Paul is that he didn't quit. And he got criticized for what he was doing, got criticized for what he wasn't doing, but he didn't quit. The secret to enduring in your Christian life is continuing even through criticism. I want you to notice the second truth that we find in this passage, and that is that they endured through difficult conditions. Once you get into verse number 3 and verse number 4, you find that these 300 men were tired. The conditions that they had faced during the battle were difficult conditions. Now, chapter 7 says that they had that pitcher and the trumpet, right, and, and, uh, and the torch, and they did that and they followed the plan, but while some in the Midian army were confused and killing themselves, others were running away. And those that were trying to run away, well, these 300 men, if it was coming their way, they had to attack those men and kill those men. Uh, they, they still had some fighting to do. It wasn't just like, well, God can do all the fighting. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit here and blow trumpets all day. It, it was more than that. They also had to fight. So I want you to just imagine this. These men, all night, all night have been up. They execute the plan. And then as the army is running away, those that could run away, they're having to, to get them. All night they've been fighting. They're tired. In fact, the Bible says there in verse number four that they were faint. They didn't want to keep going. The, the battle was long and hard. I mean, listen, anytime 300 men kill 120,000 in one night, that's a long night. That's a lot of work. And yet, in the midst of those difficult conditions, they're moving forward. Serving God isn't always easy. Fighting the spiritual battles of the Christian life isn't always fun. It's tiring. You know, working with people and loving people and forgiving people, it's, it's tiring. Helping people that have criticized you for what you did or didn't do, it's, it's hard. What are you to do when that happens? Keep going. Endure. William Barclay said this. He said, endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. Can I say that in the difficult conditions of life and in the spiritual battles, you get faint? Just keep going. They were... Facing difficult conditions from the battle, they were facing difficult conditions from pursuing their enemy. As they're following them, they get to the River Jordan. Now, I don't know about you, but swimming across the river doesn't sound like fun. Or having to wait for a canoe or a boat to get me across is still not fun. And yet, they didn't stop at the Jordan River. They didn't say, well, they're, they're running back to where their home is. I, I doubt they'll want to come back this way. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I don't need to swim. I don't need to keep going. 
They didn't do that. In the midst of their difficult condition, they move forward. Going after those 15,000 soldiers, I'm sure it wasn't the first thing they wanted to do. I'm sure it wasn't how they planned to spend their Saturday after the great battle. But they did. I look around at this church and I see this auditorium. It's beautiful. You look at the wings where the classes are and you go to the back and you see the playground and the basketball courts. And all I can think of when I see it, other than how beautiful the architecture is and how nice the buildings are, is that the reason they're here is because when people of this church were facing difficult conditions, they crossed the Jordan. And they just kept going. They endured. When they were facing spiritual battles and and it seemed like the devil was winning, they didn't quit the fight. They endured. We find that if you're going to endure in the Christian life, you need to continue even through difficult conditions. Let me give you a third truth. Notice that they stayed committed. They stayed committed. These 300 men did not quit on their mission. Though they were criticized and facing difficult conditions, they decided just not to quit. The mission wasn't to destroy most of the army, but it's to destroy the whole army. You can go back and read chapter 6 and chapter 7. That was what God was leading them to do. Can I remind you that what God has called Liberty Baptist to do isn't just to grow to a thousand people and then we're good. I mean, that's bigger than most churches. That's bigger than a lot of churches in Las Vegas. God didn't say, well, just, just get to 1,500 and you're good. He didn't say, just be faithful for 10 years or for 20 years or for 30 years. I think Pastor Tice is coming up to 40 years. If not, he's already passed that. He's somewhere around there. 77, right? So he's like five years away, somewhere around there. The mission isn't just a few and, and stop after a while. The mission is all the way. Now, something I want us to notice about that commitment is that they stayed committed despite the limited help that was given to them. By the time you get to verse number 5 and 6 and 7, they're so tired. They've crossed the Jordan. They're they're chasing after these 15,000 soldiers that are running away. And now they stop to ask for help in Succoth and then in Peniel. And Gideon's like, can you help us out? Can, can you give us some bread? We're starving. We've been fighting all night. We've been, we've been pursuing. We're, we're tired and we're, we're moving forward. Can you give us some food? Or some water? Can you, can you just help us out a little bit? And they said, no. 
In fact, they, they mock them a little bit. Okay, you killed 120,000. Well, that's great. But, I mean, did you get the uh, princesses? Did you get their leaders? Aren't they the ones still on the run? I mean, you don't really won. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, I've experienced, maybe you have too, times where I'm, I'm tired, I'm reaching out for help, and instead of getting a helping hand, people just kind of mock you. They've mocked me. Asking for help, maybe, in a certain ministry, and you're like, man, listen, we, we really need some more volunteers in the, in the kids' ministry, and, and, you know, pastors asked me to lead that, and I was wondering if maybe you could, you could help me. When is it on? Thursday? I'm not doing Thursdays. I, I can't do Saturdays. I mean, that's, that's the only weekend, I guess, the only day off I got. No, I'm not saying that anyone that has a day off on Saturday has to come and work. All I'm saying is there are some times where people can help but won't help. What do you do when that happens? Endure. Stay committed. These 300 men, though they were not receiving help from anyone, they're tired and hungry, facing difficult conditions and getting criticized, are now getting mocked for asking for help. But I love that the story didn't end there. Didn't then go, oh, well, I mean, nobody wants to help us, guys. Let's just go back. It ain't worth it. No. And staying committed, they went forward. They moved forward. In the Christian life, there are times where maybe the help that you wanted or were looking for isn't there. Don't quit. There are times where people you thought had your back don't have your back. Don't quit. Just go forward. There are times when you think, man, Wednesday, this is going to be awesome. And then somebody comes and just tells you news that you didn't want to hear or gives you some gossip that just really gets your heart way off. And suddenly the Wednesday that was going to be great turns into like, ugh. I have to see these people. I know what they said. They just told me what they said about me. The devil uses that to kind of embitter us a little bit. Can I say, what do you do when that happens? Stay committed. Stay committed. So what happens when you stay committed? Well, if you read all the way down to verse 12, as we have, you'll find that they completed the mission. They completed the mission. They endured to the end. God said, I, I want you to destroy the army. Not just defeat them. Not just win a, bid, a, a great battle. But finish till the end. Can I encourage you, Liberty, to not quit before finishing the task? Listen, this is amazing. In your, I don't even know the math. What is the math? It's since 1977. I'm terrible at math. How many, how, how many years is that for the church now? 40, 46 years. 46 years. That's a long time. That's, that's longer than I've been on this earth. Right? 46 years. 
And God's done some amazing things. I've helped a lot of missionaries. I was here at that missions conference that year. It was amazing. Y'all have changed a lot of people's lives. Marriages have remained together as a result of this church. Kids facing difficult situations at home made it through because of the ministry of this church. Because there's kids workers and teen workers and adult workers and programs that said, we can't quit. And man, it was amazing what God did in 2022, but God wants to do more in 2023. So they didn't quit. They said the task not done. We're not content with what God has done in 46 years. We want to see what he'll do in the next 46 years. Can I say that the best days of liberty are still ahead? Man, y'all have slayed your share of 120,000, but there's still 15,000 left. Don't quit. You'll notice that they endured, endured till the end, and you'll find that God gave them complete victory. At the end of verse number 12, it says that God discomfited. This is a word that we don't really use in the English language too much, but in the Hebrew... This word means to defeat totally and with terror. To have a complete and total victory. It doesn't really use that word in chapter 7, but it does in chapter 8. Even though 120,000 died over here and only 15,000 in chapter 8, but yet the complete victory was in chapter 8, not in chapter 7. They just move forward till the end. Can I encourage you? Just move forward till the end. Read the words of the Apostle Paul if you have to over and over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I fought a good fight. I'm moving forward. It's not over till, till I'm up there. If my heart's no longer beating, there's no more breath in my body, then it's over. But till then, it's not. You know, at the height of World War II, Diedrich Bonhoeffer was imprisoned for taking a stand against Hitler. Yet he continued to urge fellow believers to resist Nazi tyranny and there was a group of Christians believing that Hitler was the Antichrist. They came to Bonhoeffer and they asked him, why do you expose yourself to all this danger? Why, why continue to speak against the Nazis? Uh, don't you know that, that Hitler is, is the Antichrist and, and Jesus is going to return any day? It's, I, I think it's going to be real soon. I mean, just look at what Hitler's doing. And all your work and, and all your suffering is going to be for nothing. I mean, if you, if you continue to be speaking and doing what you're doing against the Nazi party, it's going to be for nothing at the end. Jesus is coming soon. And Bonhoeffer 
looked at them and he said, you know, if Jesus returns tomorrow, then tomorrow I'll rest from my labor. But today, I have work to do. I must continue this struggle until it's finished. Man, I'm sure glad he did. Because Hitler wasn't the Antichrist. Here we are 70 years after, continuing. Listen, the Christian life is a life of endurance. There'll be times when you're going to face criticism. Don't quit. There's going to be times when you're going to be facing difficult circumstances. Just endure. There's going to be times when nobody wants to help you. Stay committed. Because if you do, God will give you the victory. And you'll see things you've never seen before. And liberty as a church will reach heights that you never thought you could reach before. And you'll reach families and people that are in need today that need to hear from you because you just didn't quit. You wanted more. If I can encourage you tonight, on a Wednesday night, a night where you've chosen to be here, because it's your religious duty, just because it's what you want to do on a Wednesday night. Let me encourage you. Stay committed. Come back Sunday. And then the next Wednesday. And then the next Sunday. And then the next Wednesday. And then get involved in the, in the kids program, in the teen programs, and get involved in the adult connection groups and, and just get involved and be all in in this church. Just endure. Because a Christian life, it's all about enduring. I mean, just think about what God could do if every one of us in here said, you know what, I'm going to continue. I wonder what would happen to Las Vegas if we did that. I wonder if people in the community around us, I wonder if they would change. I wonder if they would see a light that they've never seen before. I wonder if their marriages could be as happy as yours. I wonder if their children could experience what your children experience here. I wonder if they could hear what God has done for them. I want to encourage you. Don't quit. Make a decision tonight. I'm going to move forward. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this evening for bringing us to this place, to your house. Father, you've been awfully good to us. You've shown your power. You've changed our hearts and our minds. You've been good to our families. You've given us enough health to be here tonight. You've given us your word. You've given us your spirit to lead and guide us. You've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, we live in a world 
that does criticize and mock us. We live in a world that is not perfect, and even a church as great as this church, you can find those that would tear down and criticize and those that would refuse to help. Father, even that being the reality that it is, I pray that you would help us this evening that are here say we're going to move forward. The world can say what they want to say and people can do what they're going to do, but we're just not going to quit. If there's a Jordan River that needs to be crossed, we're going to cross it. And if there's people that don't want to help, we're just going to stay committed to the end. You've given us complete victory in our life. Father, I pray that you would be with us, your people, tonight. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.